All right, hockey fans, welcome to another episode of the Hockey Podcast. I am Mark Warner, along with Chris Kisa. We are back from the break with the Vegas Golden Knights, nine-day layoff. They've had time to work with Coach DeBoer and work some kinks out, and some of it was evident in last night's game. Uh, Chris, good day to you, sir. How are you this weekend? We're hanging in there. Yeah, good day to you. And, um, uh, yeah, it was a very, I felt a huge uh, huge win for uh, Vegas last night. We talked about on the last show in terms of coming out of the break with this very tough four-game road trip, starting off with a back-to-back. You know, that's Carolina, tonight Nashville, and then they head to Florida, uh, play Tampa and the Panthers. So uh, getting off to a good start, especially how they – finished in terms of uh, the, the, if you call it the first half, it's almost like two separate four-game road trips um, going into the break. So, yeah, uh, big big night for March or so, big night for Stasny. Zupan uh, gets the start last night with the back-to-back. I'm sure Florida will be in the net night in Nashville, which is a big game because uh, Nashville's not that far away from Vegas, especially when you consider all the games in hand that they have. So, um Really big win for uh, the Knights. We talked about, I, at least I brought up the point of this is, uh, I feel like, a very critical time for them if they can get through this. Now, I kind of look at it, these next three games, if they could just simply go 1-1-1 one, 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 and one and wind up with a 2-1-1 one, and one, uh, trip of these tough four games, uh, yeah, you'd have to be tickled pink if that, if that happened. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I Two things of note, you mentioned Subban was in that tonight. He played really well, or last night, I mean. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury was serving his one-game suspension for opting out of attending the All-Star break. So that resulted in uh, er- earlier uh, in the week, or you know, during the break, Nick Hague was optioned, not optioned, sent down to uh, Chicago. And, we, you know, we all figured it, and I'm sure this is mostly what it is, to get um, playing time during the break, you know, play for Chicago. Um, Oscar Dansk was recalled to act as Subban's backup last night, so Nick Haig uh, remained in Chicago for last night's game. But um, after the game last night, interestingly enough, Zach Whitecloud has been recalled from the Chicago Wolves, according to the Vegas Golden Knights press release. So that means Nick Haig, who had been playing really good hockey uh, up until – you know, the break, uh, some of his best games had been good in those four games right before he scored his first NHL goal, as a matter of fact, during those, during that stretch. Um, he remains in Chicago, and this has started some speculation that Zach Whitecloud is being called up for a showcase game and rumors of a possible trade for another defenseman. Um, so, I mean, take it for what what maybe Pete DeBoard just wants to see Zach Whitecloud uh, up close and personal. Maybe they're going to move one of the roster defensemen and bring Haig and the new bring Haig up and a new guy in. We get close to the deadline, so moves like this always uh, create speculation. So just a little interesting note for tonight. Um, expect to see Zach Whitecloud in, in the lineup if he makes it in time. Um, interesting too about the Nashville game tonight. We've all been focused, hyper focused on uh, the Pacific Division race with the top five teams separated by only four points in the standings. And yeah, there's a game in hand either way, back and forth. But when you look at the standings, Chris, uh, tonight's Nashville game even more important than last night's Carolina game. 
Nashville and Chicago both creeping up on that wild card spot. In fact, before last night's play, uh, Vegas Golden Knights sitting at 57 points. Had they lost, and they did give up a third period lead um, to Carolina last night before scoring a power play goal to clinch the victory, um, they were only two points in front of Nashville. So that would have allowed Nashville to tie Vegas Golden Knights in the event of a win tonight with uh at that time, it'll be three games in hand on that on the Vegas Golden Knights for that second wild card spot. So that, yeah, as you said, a big win. It sets the momentum for the rest of the trip, and it creates a four point cushion. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights now sitting in the first wild card spot with 59 points Saturday morning as we speak. A four point cushion against Nashville. So in the event you know the Golden Knights lose tonight, they would still be holding that number one wild card spot, uh, depending on what Arizona does. So last night's went very good for momentum going forward and coming out of the break, they were able to actually score the first two goals of the contest, which in uh, the last five of their last seven games, I think they had given up the first three goals, I believe. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely a, a improvement from, from that standpoint, getting off to a good start. Um, one note, too, on, on the road trip, uh, William Carlson and Cody Black not in the lineup last night. And that sparked uh, – well, and they put Stastny up between Marshall and Smith and moved Stevenson back to play between Stone and Pacioretty. I think that's been his most effective position in the lineup so far with when, you know, Cody Glass went out and, and they had to start juggling their centers up and down the roster. And then William Carlson goes down. Um, I like Stevenson with Stone – and Pacioretty, he brings speed to that line. He is a, he's a good passer of the puck, and he has pretty decent offensive vision. Um, it's been on display with, with most, especially with Stone and Patches, so I like that. A little surprised to see Stastny bump up. It's the first time he's played with uh, Smith and Marsha show on that line, but very effective last night. Yes, um you know those those are a good trio to have, and uh, uh, you know um, clearly depth uh, and scoring. Um, look, and you mentioned before. I mean, I would be shocked if uh, between now and the deadline that Vegas doesn't uh, add a, uh, some sort of veteran defenseman uh, to the group. Who that will be, I, I have no idea. I'm sure, as we talked about on our previous show, it's not a long list of probably going to be available guys and. And because of that, um, the price for those uh, for defense is always uh, uh, it's not cheap, and probably be even more so this year. So it would be interesting to see. But I, I would be if I was a betting man, which I've said many times in the show before, I am not. Um, I would be uh, I would be very like I said, I would I would put down a, a two dollar wager, if you will, on um, them coming coming back with a defenseman now. Does that mean they all get? You know, someone like a Sammy Vatnin, who's more of the higher-end uh, guys available, or, you know, do they wind up with a kind of a veteran like a Ron Hainsey or something like that? But uh, McPhee and McCrimmon, uh, you know, they've uh, they've been aggressive at these deadlines, so and they have draft picks uh, over the next couple of years. They can, they can afford to trade, uh, you know, those kind of mid-round picks, uh, second- and third-round picks uh, in some capacity to, to get that player. And they do have some – some decent 
prospects on defense. I mentioned Zach Whitecloud joining joining the club tonight. Uh, Tyler Bischoff, <coughs> excuse me. Um, don't forget they got Jimmy Schultz uh, as a free agent, Holy Baker finalist in in, in the off season. He's in Chicago, um, and and they're they're going to showcase Whitecloud tonight. So those are three. Decent prospects that you could exchange with a second-round pick or something to to pick up a player like Ivan. So that, that may be what's happening. That's the speculation I'm, I'm seeing on on social media this morning. Is that that's the response um, for Nick Hague remain? I don't believe that Nick Hague is going to be on. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't believe that Nick Hague is going to be traded. So no, not for a rental. No, no, not for a rental. And, and, you know, Vatman would bring a little speed. I, as, as you mentioned Hainsey, but <laughs> I think Vatman fits more what they need at this time. They have the veteran guys in McNabb and England and Schmitty. Um, so a, a Vatman would, would be a nice compliment to Shea Theodore, but with more experience obviously playing the 200 foot game so I think that's probably what what we're going to see tonight interesting um, I, I imagine you would see the same lineup I, I haven't seen any reports yet that um, Carlson and or Glass will be in the lineup tonight so I expect we'll be seeing the same thing against Nashville <clears throat> excuse me Nashville being uh, like I mentioned before they're pretty hot uh, as of late, it, it will be a tough test tonight to come in back-to-back after a, a pretty good game. They got a little sloppy in the third period, gave up the lead, um, gave up a power play goal like eight seconds into the power play. But then they were able to come back on their own power play and score five seconds into the power play on a really nice, pretty pass uh, passing sequence. Uh which resulted in Alex Tuck goal, first goal um, since the change of the calendar year, his seventh on the season. So that I mean that's another huge, huge monkey to get off uh, Alex Tuck's back as he's been snake bit all month. So good to see him uh, get a game winner there, and hope, hopefully that'll free him up a little bit. <coughs> Excuse me, goodness gracious! Hopefully that'll free him up a little bit. Um, and get some more production out of that third line. We don't know, you know, they're so unsettled at center right now, it's hard to make any judgments, even with Coach DeBoer and, and what kind of new things that he may be bringing to the team, except on the special teams. Um, but as far as up and down lineups in the forward core, it's really hard to make any judgments right now. Uh, just because there, there's so much going on with the, the center depth on this team right now. Um, I do see that Tyler has joined the caller queue, Offside by a Mile podcast host and fellow member of the Hockey Podcast Network.com. Tyler, welcome to the Vegas Hockey Podcast, sir. Thank you for coming in today. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. No, I appreciate it, appreciate it. First of all, well, let's talk a little bit about your experience with HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. We, uh, you said the guys asked us to join, and it's been nothing but good for us. Uh, I'm trying to work out a few kinks uh, with our audio and stuff to help those guys out, but 
uh, overall for us, it's been a great experience. How's it working out for you? Oh, man, it has been an absolute blast for us. I mean, obviously, being on the Avalanche, it's uh, been a little bit easy, kind of kind of what was expected of the Vegas Hockey Podcast, I think. But uh, when Gerard Gallant got fired, I'm sure that got a little bit hairy. But for us, man, it's been an absolute blast this year. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, we have a, the the Wednesday show the week uh, Gallant was relieved of his duties. It was just me on a little 20-minute rant that <laughs> I, probably shouldn't, I probably shouldn't even have posted. Um, all things considered, but then Chris, Chris joined me on Saturday, and I had a few. I, I structured my thoughts up a little bit. I, I am not a fan of the coach move. Just we'll we'll leave it at that. But it's it sure did make for a couple of interesting shows. I I can't I can't tell you that. Uh, so well, so far this year, the the Golden Knights and the Colorado Colorado Avalanche have have gone head to head twice, and uh, as usually happens. Uh, ex Golden Knight Pierre Edward Belmar comes in and, and bites his former team. Um, what have you guys seen? Just to start off with a little music, K-Tion, what have you guys seen out of Pierre Edward Belmar? Because he was certainly a fan favorite here in Las Vegas. He has done everything, absolutely everything he was expected to do for us. Like the the depth signings that Joe Sackick made over the off season for the Abs were amazing, and Belmar is one of them, and we we kind of just talked about the whole team during the break here, Jared and I, and there is nothing that Belmar could do better than he has with what was expected from him. He's been an absolute great fit for us and couldn't ask for more. No, absolutely. Uh, he's a great guy in the room, great guy with the community as well. Um, one of the reasons the fans here in Las Vegas took to him uh, so well. Um, Belly's always in the community. He's always willing, willing to give us time. Um, go out in the community and, and um, meet and greet with fans and, and kids. And one uh, one of one of the reasons I believe that the Golden Knights are struggling was the inability to retain Pierre Edward Belmar because his his fourth line center play and his face offs and and his speed driving the puck and being able to maintain possession in the offensive zone with Reeves and Carrier uh, slash Nosek where I was playing that right wing side. Um, there's a big reason Vegas was able to roll four lines so consistently last year is is his play, and they've used a number of different players uh, on that fourth-line center role now with Nosek and Nick Waugh and, and so on and so forth. Stevenson traded from the Capitals, spent some time on that fourth line, and it really hasn't been as cohesive as a unit as with Pierre Edouard Delmar. And I imagine that's all – with the other depth signings that you mentioned uh, – that one of the bugaboos from last year's Colorado Avalanche team that was uh, the made probably the best line in hockey, and then where was the scoring coming from? And adding that piece, I thought we did our preseason preview show on the house. I thought that was going to be a big help for the Colorado Avalanche, being able to turn turn the lines over and give that fourth line um, a little bit of rest during the games. Oh yeah, dude, it's it's crazy how it's crazy how impactful a fourth line guy can be with the limited ice time and stuff, but man, it is when you're not worried about putting your fourth line on the ice every time, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely fun to watch. Hey Tyler, this is Chris. Um, uh, how are we doing today? Not so bad, man. How are you? We're we're doing good. Um, so 
give us in a nutshell the the Av season uh, so far this year. What uh, give me give me the pros and if there's a con or two, what would it be? Well, I don't know. I don't know how much you guys paid attention, but the first couple times the Avs played the Golden Knights, the injury bug was upon us for sure. And if you want to talk a negative, that was definitely it. Uh, they're coming out of the break healthy, just about as healthy as they can be. Colin Wilson is the only guy on the IR, and that's probably season-ending. So they're as healthy as they can be coming out of the break. Uh, the good about the season, obviously, is being second and central. Uh, not not exactly ideal how far behind we are from St. Louis, but just like like I said earlier, the depth from this team has changed changed everything when you com- compare it to last year. Like, yes, Mc, uh, McKinnon and Rantanen and Landis Cog were unbelievable last year. But they don't have to be unbelievable this year, and the Avs can win a lot of hockey games, and it's been amazing. It's 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 everything Joe Sackett called for, and I, I don't think he missed on very many moves this summer when he made a bunch of them. So, Tyler, are in your mind, given let's just focus on the Western Conference in terms of who's going to represent the West for the for the Stanley Cup final, uh, are the Avs a, a big-time contender for that spot? And the second part of that question is, if they're missing a piece or a piece or two, uh, what is it? And do uh, uh, you think Saki will be aggressive in trying to fill it between now and the deadline? Um. Conveniently, the one thing they're probably missing, and I don't know if they're actually missing it. I don't. I don't think it's uh, a necessary thing if the price is right, or if the price is wrong. I don't think Joe Sakic's going to do anything. But the fact that Tyler Toffoli, Chris Kreider, and potentially Anderson are available, those are exactly the player that I feel like the Avs could use. Their defense just needs to be better. Like I don't think you can. Uh, I don't think you can bolster the defense for the right price. Uh, Obviously, Grubauer and Francois have been good, but not great this year. But again, the Avalanche aren't built on that. They're built on being a high-scoring team. They they have the defensive pieces. They need to play a better defensive game in front of their goalies to be successful. But we saw that out of a team like Chicago when they won their Cups. They weren't exactly like Corey Crawford and Anthony Emmy were not world beaters. So, yeah, I think the Avs are definitely a contender. Could they be in a better spot if they had an all-star goalie? Sure, but uh, adding that's not possible. Um, and then I really do think, like, a Tyler Toffoli, that's, we talked about it on our podcast multiple times, but Tyler Toffoli is who I want the Avs to go for. But if the price is too high, then I, I say they stand pat and and they'll be just fine. The question is, yeah, can, you well, beat, can you beat St. Louis or maybe Vegas if they're really cruising going in the playoffs? That's going to be a great series, and we'll have to see, but. Uh, yeah, it's going to be I, – I think they're definitely contenders for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. You know, uh, I, I mean, I think uh, dollars to donuts, right? It, you, you'd have to like in in, in some order uh, in the central, the Blues, the Avs, and the Stars. And, um, um, you, you, and, you know, I would say the Blues probably have the – a bit of a little bit of an upper hand in terms of winning the division. So currently constituted, you know, the Avs road uh, – uh, to the Western Conference Finals, uh, would they'd have to face off against Dallas, which would be a very tough series. Uh, it's a kind of a coin flip in my mind, and then potentially face the Blues just to get to the Conference Finals. That's a very tough road. Uh, 
what, what would your thoughts be on that in terms of uh, Colorado matching up with those uh, division rivals? When when looking at it like that, and we have to, it, it's terrifying. It's for sure it's terrifying because that is a that is a rough first two rounds. But at the same time, what is the central? That's always what the central's like. It's always competitive, and it's always one of the best conference or one of the best divisions in the league. It's it's flip flopped. Like obviously Chicago is not at the top anymore, but of of course, like you have to beat the best to beat the best. But man, it, like a hundred percent, it's gonna be hard to beat Dallas. It's gonna be hard to beat St. Louis. We've watched it already this season. The Avs have played St. Louis four times, two at home, two on the road, and the home teams won every game. So uh, that series is gonna be unreal. The Dallas series, like Ben Bishop, has been a monster. Uh, he's just coming back. Like his 2018-2019 season was amazing, but it was barred by injuries. But it's even better this year because he hasn't been injured and he's been an absolute beast. So those first two rounds, if that's what they end up being, are going to be absolute must-watch TV, plus the fact they're going to be some of the best series in the first round or the second round. Well, that's what for me, Tyler, before I hand you back to Mark, and it goes back to Sackick's mentality going to the trade deadline. So outside of, let's say, the premium assets of uh, future assets in terms of Colorado's first-round pick this year, uh, as well as, uh, uh, you know, a couple of their uh, blue-chip guys like uh, Byron Bowen. Bowen, Byron, uh, and Tim. Bowen, yeah. Bowen, Byron, thank you. Uh, um, would, would you think that in terms of his pieces after his blue-chip pieces that he'd be uh, very aggressive? So, like, is he going to balk at – you know, at the end of the day, you know, if to get Tyler Toffoli is the second-tier prospect and a second-round pick and then, you know, throw in another draft pick, maybe the price is a little high, but still you're dealing with secondary assets, if you will. Uh, you think he'll, he'll be aggressive in that vein or, uh, you know, how you think Sackett will handle it? Yeah, I think I think you're you're about right there. I think secondary assets are fine. It's the, it's the first-round pick potentially, even in – you're hoping the first round pick's not a very good one, but you still don't want to just throw it away. Uh, but yeah, the second round pick I'm sure is available. I'm sure some secondary prospects are available. Couldn't tell you who the Kings would be wanting. You know, that's that's probably close to the trade deadline to find out about that. But I think Sackick will, will definitely try to add with what he did in the summer to bolster the roster. I can't imagine he'd stop there because this is this team is the best it's been in four or five years since the really, really bad year. So you, you can't just not add. But if, if L.A. or if New York is just out of bounds with what they want, then you can't you can't give up the farm for uh, a third-line guy like Toffoli or Kreider. Like, and I know Kreider, like, Kreider and Toffoli are both, like, perfect players for a cup run, but it's just, like, it's not worth going off the board to, to get them. All right, we're talking with Tyler from the Offside by a Mile podcast, affiliated with the Hockey Podcast Network. You mentioned Francois, and I wanted to talk a little bit about him. He's a guy who had two games uh, NHL experience before this season. He's come up 12-4-2. Um, was he a surprise to most Avalanche fans? Or, and you mentioned good but not great play. He's got good two great numbers. Is, is he um, – a guy that the Avs can believe in in case Grubauer does go down in a playoff run? 
to start, was it a surprise? Absolutely. I, I expected him to be good. Like, I expected him to be fine. But, you know, like a rookie guy coming in, you know, there's going to be growing pains. There hasn't been growing pains this year, and it's been crazy. Like, uh, Frankie, his his go-to move we've kind of joked around about is letting in a softie and then just shutting the door. And a lot of goalies let in that softie and they get in their own head. Franzos is the exact opposite. He absolutely shuts it down when he lets in a bad one, and is it's crazy to watch. Um, can, can you call upon him? Like, if Gruby falters or something, 100%. I, I, I've said this a lot. I'm not a huge fan. Uh, like, when you see him, like, I, I'm a goalie nerd. I love goalies. So, you see the odd practice shots of Franzos, and, yes, it's just practice. But he doesn't look – great in practice like he's not he's and i don't obviously it's practice it's a very different game or very different than a game but just the way he moves around and like his his normal basic movement doesn't look that great in practice but when he gets into a game he just gets the job done and it's it's amazing to watch like you said he's got great pretty great numbers this year and he's not really the one that we're talking about not being great it's grubauer that's been a bit of an issue lately but it's been a lot of the team in front of them even Frankie's had some bad ones where it's just the team looks like they just didn't show up that night. Um, but yeah, is Frankie is Frankie capable of carrying the load if Grubauer gets hurt or maybe he gets into a slump? I absolutely think so for sure. And just, just a quick memo to the Golden Knights fans on what you just said. Hey, sometimes even teams above you in the standings don't show up on a given night. Um, <laughs> you you can go. Uh, whatever it was, 13-4-2 and, and and fire your coach because you're on a four-game losing streak, it doesn't mean <laughs> the sky is falling in a regular season in the middle of January. Uh, <laughs> never mind. I'm going off on my rant again. But uh, it's a normal – I definitely want to hear this rant. I'm going to have to go find it. Oh, man. Uh, uh, it's a normal course of events to have ups and downs during the regular season. And it, part of Marc-Andre Fleury's struggles – um, we're coming back from the passing of his father, and a lot of Mark Andre Fleury's struggles are because you're playing Holden Merrill, basically a six-seventh defenseman and a rookie every night, and it's just the nature of the game that you know every now and then you're going to pinch a step the wrong way, and you're going to give up a, a chance against. It's just how hockey is played, and when you oh when for sure I I think you know three fifty percent of your defense core um, is basically bottom pair guys and a rookie um let's everybody just relax a minute and, and look that they're you know two points out of first place in the division uh three points out of second in the western conference when they fired the coach so um I that think was why it was nice. such a crazy move when you look at it from like the rest of the league you're just right. like you're not is this the is this what happens when you go to the cup final in your first every year <laughs> Yeah, the, the expectations were off the charts, and I think probably Gallant's a victim of his own success um, when you are that successful. And let's face it, the the playoff run last year could have went a whole lot deeper if there wasn't a little bit of a fortunate situation in San Jose. Sure, <laughs> kill the dang penalty, of course, kill the penalty, but um, maybe not be in that situation from the rest to begin with, not a major then um, it could have been, you know, once you get past San Jose at that point, they, they're they're another deep run into it. So 
Agreed. As long as, sure. the, as long as they make the playoffs and, and show off their defense a little at the trade deadline, I look for this team to uh, possibly meet with the Colorado Avalanche in the Western Conference Final. Uh, I'd probably, anyway, that's probably where I'd put my money, that's for sure. Right, right. They're, the other teams in the division have identifiable weaknesses, whether it's just playoff experience like Vancouver or, or Vancouver and Arizona, let's be honest. Um so on and so forth. So to to get in the playoffs and get through the divisional rounds, um, this team should be surely capable of that. And there's nothing wrong with a, a cup final, a Western Conference final, and a Pacific Division champion in your first three seasons. Let's be honest. Definitely not. All right, buddy. Well, tell everybody where they can find your stuff. We're just about out of time. And uh, thanks for coming in again. But let everybody know where to find your stuff. Uh, yeah, so you can check out uh, the same Hockey Podcast Network feed you get all these podcasts on. We'll be there. Uh, we have our own Spotify and uh, iTunes link uh, under the Offside by a Mile name, uh, Offside by a Mile on Twitter, YouTube. Actually, we just released a YouTube. So, yeah, come check us out if you want to hear some ass stuff. And thanks for having us, guys. Oh, no problem at all. Thanks for coming in. We look forward to doing it again down the road. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Tyler. All right. That that was Tyler from the Offside by a Mile podcast. We appreciate him coming in and joining us on the show today. Chris, um, final thoughts on on, uh, breaking down what Tyler had to say. I think he's spot on with most everything he was saying. Um, Tough round through through the divisional matchup, but um, maybe that one depth forward away from getting over the hump and into the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, the only thing I would say is if there if the goaltending has been uh good but not great, let's call it that, okay? And he said it's at times been a little less than that. Now you're going up against, you know, Ben Bishop and and, and then you and the stars and you're going up against the blue. Uh that's you know, those guys uh you know, they have to be uh they have to be at their best. So that's a that was a little bit of a red flag for me. Um, obviously, um, those would be very tough series either way, but, you know, if you sold me, uh, you know, the, you know, there's a little bit of an edge in goaltending, uh, with Dallas or St. Louis, uh, come the playoffs, we all know how big that is. That's, that's a little red flag for me, even if they're able to add, um, uh, uh, a guy up front, um, you know, to, to, to me, they, they, they're a pretty high powered team. So, um, I think they were. The, I think they lead the league, and um, they were near the near the top in terms of goals per game. So, uh, but I would expect uh, Sackett to be aggressive between now and the deadline um, in, in terms of adding a, a forward, or if he if he feels he needs to add a piece on his blue line. Tyler Toffoli would be an interesting piece. He made a good point with that. If they have the right price to get Tyler Toffoli away from the Kings. Um, that would be a nice fit in Colorado, I think. I think his game fits what they do pretty well. And from what I've read, I mean, you know, Tyler Toffoli, uh, I'm sure there's a number of teams interested in him, and then, you know, it's always the best offer. But no one's giving up a first-round pick for Tyler Toffoli. It seems like, you know, the kind of uh, the, the, the offers are in the range of you give up a second plus, so then who's going to give up the best? secondary assets, if you will, you know what I mean, or a second piece of the trade. So, you know, if you have to overpay with a secondary asset to get the guy you want, I understand it's a rental, 
you know, there's there's a big difference between that and 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 trading one's first round pick or trading one's prized, uh, you know, blue chip prospects. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, to me, sometimes being being aggressive uh, with your secondary pieces. And granted, you know, get uh, again. Uh, chapter and verse, right? You know, second and third round guys have gone on to become stars. But um, yeah, I, I would think if if you want, if you feel the player can make a, is the right fit for you, and you're talking about giving up one secondary asset too much, you know, sometimes you gotta you got you gotta give to get. Yeah, well, I think a first round pick for Tyler Toffoli would be a mistake. I don't, I, I yeah, agree that's... with you on that a hundred percent. But if you're looking at a at a package that would be like a second, next year's fifth, and uh, not a age A list prospect, but maybe not a B list prospect either, someone who might be expected to make the Kings roster or at least fight for a spot next season, I think that deal lands Tyler to fully. Yeah, or you know, this might seem like a lot, but what if you were to give up over two drafts? a second and a third. So, you know, let's say a second this year and a third next year. If that was, you know, the final, you know, gun to your head, you're either in or you're out, uh, you know, you can make an argument for, you know, doing you know, doing that so as long as it's over two drafts, you know? Yeah, no question about it. No, que- I, I, w- I would do a second and a third if I was the Kings because that's the direction they're heading in. And if you take a third in the 2021-22 draft, then uh, the second-round pick from the from the Kings this year, obviously is going to probably be in the first five picks of that second round. Um, and I mean, that's, that's something you got to do. I think if you're a Kings fan. Yeah. And also if you're the Kings too, you have to look at it of, you know, unfortunately it's going to be a rebuilding plan for the next couple of years. So it's not just about rebuilding in the 2020 draft. 2021 will probably be in con- part of that rebuilding phase too. So draft yeah, and bowl sure. drafts are pretty critical. So if you can get one, you know, if I was them, I would much rather have the draft pick than a B-level prospect, even if someone can go into the lineup uh, whose, you know, ceiling is, let's say, a back-end player. Uh, I would much rather have, give me the second round this year, give me the third round next year, and, you know, because you can find players easily in those rounds. So I'd rather have the draft picks uh, if I was the king. All right. All right. Well, um, we're going to be coming back uh, Tuesday this week. We're going to try our luck on Tuesday. Um, we'll let everybody know what's going on on Twitter. Chris, um, your latest article on the aisles. Uh, pretty good one, sir. You want to talk a little about that before we go? Yeah, uh, I just said that for the Isles to go on a you know real good run, that Lou Lamorello talking about Joe Sackick being being aggressive needs to be aggressive. He needs to get another forward. Be it uh, it seems like they've been playing one center short all year. Uh, maybe getting another or getting a, a guy who can help score. Uh, so I, I targeted uh, JG Pajot of Ottawa as well as uh, Kyle Palmieri of New Jersey. Um, and again, same kind of thing. Being aggressive with, uh, you know, uh, with, with future assets, uh, and actually, uh, it's gotten a lot of reads. So I appreciate all that. If you missed it, I hope you check it out. If you go to eyesonisles.com, and it's uh, Islanders uh, Lou Armo uh, needs to be an aggressive buyer. So, uh, uh, and I go into the details of that. 
Yeah, and I, I agree with that. Just the way your division is shaking out right now, you need yeah. to be an aggressive buyer because, there, there, I mean, there's not even a, a guaranteed top three spot there right now. Not even a guaranteed playoffs. I mean, you know, it's yeah. very, very – for all those teams. So, uh, very easy. You could They could wind up, you know, like a few couple of years ago, they wanted up with 98 points and missed the playoffs. So, uh, you know, that uh, – you know – Got to get at least to 100 uh, to uh, to get in, and and you know the way it's shaping up this year, that may not be enough. Might have to get 101, 102. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, you're not you're not kidding. It's it's tough in the East for sure. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Vegas Hockey Podcast. We thank everybody for joining us. Go check out the Offside by a Mile podcast at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Uh, Jared. Jared wasn't able to join us today, but he's Tyler's co-host over there. They do a great job. Um, check them out. Check out all the other podcasts on the hockeypodcastnetwork.com. So for this week, for Chris, I'm Mark, and we're gone.